we get a lot of questions about powers of attorney versus wills. Powers of attorney are saying who should deal with your finances and healthcare decisions while you're living. Whereas the will really addresses things after you pass away. The powers of attorney are no longer valid at that point in time. So again, powers of attorney are a written legal document where you're actually picking who should be making decisions for you as far as your finances go and your healthcare decisions. This isn't saying that you can't make these decisions anymore at this point. This is just kind of putting this in place in case something happens where you can't make those decisions. And Kristen and I, unfortunately, we see this often. Um, you know, people will put this off um, thinking that, you know, the time will never come where they're not able to make these decisions. And then, you know, it really puts their loved ones in a sticky situation because you're, believe it or not, your loved ones can't just automatically step in and make decisions for you, especially when it comes to your finances. Um, Kristen, go ahead if, if you want to take that over. No, um, I, I think that's a great point. So a lot of times, you know, it's always a hard conversation when somebody comes in our office and they just met with their lawyer that, you know, has handled whatever it has been for their whole entire life. Just got updated powers attorney, come in two weeks later and we're like, oh, these powers attorney aren't good enough. So now we got to change them. Um, that's always a really hard conversation. But it's almost all powers of attorney that we see in our office, especially the financial, need to be updated. It's because it's what we do every single day. And ultimately, um, we know that probably we might be dealing with some long-term care issues in the state of Pennsylvania, Medicaid. They want to see specific things in those powers of attorney. Um, so some scenarios you know, that we run into is with the gifting and the trust, if the right language isn't in your power of attorney, we can't do those things. We can't um, transfer assets, um, especially spouse to spouse. So scenario is married couple and almost every married couple owns a house. So we need to get the spouse's name off the deed that's in the nursing home because that's how we protect it from the state putting a claim against it. Well, if that individual's power of attorney doesn't allow his or her agent to make unlimited gifts, even the spouse who's a joint owner can't remove the spouse in the nursing home's name from that deed. We can't protect it. And just in, in now, if the individual has capacity, certainly they can sign the deed themselves or update a power of attorney. But if they don't, we're really limited. So we either can't do it or we have to pursue a legal guardianship, which that takes a lot of time and it's costly, it's intrusive, it's a court process. So we, you know, we do that, but we always prefer not to do that. Um, you know, and a lot of times, you know, there's a whole thing with medical capacity and legal capacity, which Jenna can talk about as well. So how do we know if your loved one who has a dementia diagnosis can actually sign a document? Just because they have a diagnosis doesn't mean they can't sign a document, but what, what do they, what can they tell us or do they know you? Um, you know, I'll be honest through COVID, I couldn't tell you the date half the time. <laughs> Someone sounds like, well, they don't know the date. Well, I don't know the date. Like it's totally fine. Um, but, you know, if somebody has capacity that we're not exactly um, clear about, Jenna has to spend a lot of time with that individual. Um, so right now, let's talk about how that's a hardship. So Jenna is required by law to spend 45 minutes with somebody to determine if they have the capacity to sign a power of attorney. So that's a hardship as it is. If you're dealing with anybody, you know, it's hard to talk, spend 45 minutes talking, you know, with somebody who has any type of diminished capacity and then someone who might really be borderline 
But now we have to go to a nursing home. Now it's COVID. The nursing home really doesn't want us there, but they're going to let us in there. But now we got to spend 45 minutes there. Um, and, and hopefully then after that, we can sign the document. But um, if we can't, then we've just, you know, we've done that. And now we have to go through the court process. So by, you know, if, I always say from these seminars or from meeting with us, if the only thing you, you learn is that you have to have a really good power of attorney that's put together by an elder law firm, like that, if that's all I got through, like I did a good job. Our office actually completes four powers of attorney, just to give you guys an idea of what we're talking about when we're talking about these documents. Years ago, there used to be like a three or four page general durable power of attorney and that would cover everything. It would cover your finances, it would cover your healthcare choices, it would cover those end of life decisions, everything in three pages. That is no longer the case. Um, you can try to get away with that, but chances are there's probably a lot missing. So we actually have four powers of attorney now. We have the financial power of attorney that we've talked a lot about. There's also a general healthcare power of attorney there's the living will. Some people also call that the end of life document. And there's also a mental health power of attorney, just so you're all aware of what it is we are talking about with those documents. With the financial, let me step back and first the financial power of attorney, typically that's effective as soon as you sign it. So usually as soon as you sign that financial power of attorney, whoever you appoint, they can step into your shoes and do whatever they need to as far as your finances go. It doesn't necessarily wait until you're not able to take care of these things yourself. They can, they can act right now. With the healthcare documents though, they work a little bit differently. So as long as you're able to make your own healthcare decisions, you have a right to make those regardless of what all those healthcare documents say. So you always have that right to, to make your own healthcare decisions. But if at some point in time, you're not capable of making those decisions or you don't have the capacity to make those decisions, that's when those healthcare documents would kick in. So all three of those healthcare power of attorneys I mentioned, the healthcare power of attorney, the living will, and also the mental health power of attorney, those would all work the same way. The mental health power of attorney is more, it's a newer document in Pennsylvania. That's the only document at this point in time that automatically expires. It automatically expires every two years. So if you do complete that with our office, We'll send you a letter just letting you know that it's about to expire. If you'd like to sign a new one, you know, just let us know and we'll pull you in. But yeah, it automatically expires every two years. And um, if, say, you signed one today and then two years from now you don't have the capacity to sign an updated document, then the current document would be grandfathered in. So there is that protection there. But yeah, that's, that is a little unfortunate because what we find is two years is not a long period of time. But, you know, one bonus for all of us is that at least it gives us a chance when we're pulling clients in every two years, it gives us a good chance to review everything and just make sure that everything's still good with your planning and that nothing needs updated. So if nothing else, at least there's that. But yes, that's the only document that expires. So what the mental health power of attorney does is it allows your, your agent or your power of attorney to make decisions like what mental, what mental health physicians you could be treated by if you need that type of treatment, what mm -hmm. mental health, what mental health hospitals or facilities you could be treated at, but it okay. also addresses treatments that are specific to mental illnesses and mental conditions. For the biggest example I have is dementia. There's no cure for dementia at this point in time, 
All we have are labs, trials, medicinal studies, things like that to try to enhance your brain activity as long as possible. None of these have really been proven at this point in time though. So what this mental health power of attorney does is it authorizes this person to be able to say yes or no to you being involved in these types of treatments because they are in such a gray area. You have a lot of flexibility with appointing people in these documents. So you could appoint a different person in each document and I've had clients do so. So just because you're appointing you know, your brother on your financial power of attorney doesn't mean you need to appoint the same person as far as your healthcare documents go. In fact, it might make more sense, you know, if you, if you trust someone and they're really good with finances, maybe appoint that person as your financial power of attorney, but then maybe you have somebody else who's more in the healthcare fields and, you know, they would, you think they would be better with the healthcare decisions. That's perfectly fine. We have other clients that, you know, appoint their children or siblings or parents across the board in every document. I would highly recommend that we have successors though. Um, so that, you know, if the first person that you pick is for some reason unavailable, then we have a backup plan. We have somebody else there who's able to act, especially right now with the virus. You know, if for some reason they're quarantined and they're, they really can't do anything, it's a good idea to have a backup so that somebody else can step in and they can help you with whatever it is you need help with. And you could even have a successor to that person, you know. So there's no, there's no black and white way that these have to look necessarily. These can really look however you want them to.